Thank you, thank you, thank you. And welcome back to the Angel Be For Real podcast, where you can get all of your motivation, your inspiration, and some laughs too. Thank you for joining me again for episode three. Today's episode is called The Real Estate, okay? Because I'm a real estate agent and I'm a mompreneur. Um, so I do have a few different businesses, but real estate is my main my main thing. So today we're going to talk about real estate, the do's, the don'ts. It's not going to be too heavy. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going not, not not doing too much. But I do want to just kind of be able to shed some light on things you may be thinking about or that you may um be dealing with and you just didn't know what to do or you thought you was the only person dealing with that. If you're an agent. So um yeah, so first let me start off with this funny ass story. Um, that happened to me when I was showing a property a few years back. Now, of course, what makes me think of it now, you'll see. But then, oh my goodness. So I was going to show this property. I was in, you know, it was in a pretty ethnic community, aka the hood. But, you know, the hood is beautiful. And then everybody's house in the hood is not toe up. So, um, and this was a nice property we were going to go see. So me and my client we're outside, him, his wife, the kids, and we're admiring the landscape that, you know, from the outside where the gate was and everything. Now, this property was a split, which basically means that it's one house, two doors, and it's like split down the middle. But, you know, it's two properties. So we're going into one. I'm fumbling with the, the combo, central lock or whatever. If you're an agent, you know that stuff is hard to open sometimes. But I'm fumbling with it, and I hear this creaking noise from the door next door. And I'm like, Lord, please don't tell me that the neighbors get ready to come outside. Please. Because, you know, some neighbors, great. They're going to just help you with the sale. Oh, this is a great neighborhood. This is that. This is this. And then some come outside looking crazy, talking crazy. And your client is like, um... I don't even know if we need to go in here. So I'm just praying that this is getting ready to be the client from heaven <laughs> who's just here to help me. My guardian angel. So I'm fumbling with the door. I hear the door crack open. And when this woman, I call her Auntie Mabel. When Auntie Mabel stuck her head out the door, all I could think was, My Lord, a snapping turlock. <laughs> I can't get enough of that right there. But that's what I was thinking when she opened the door. So she just started talking about the neighborhood and what happened down the street and who used to live in the house that's for sale. And I'm just trying to, oh, oh, wonderful. Thank you. I'm just trying to cut her off and scoop my people right on in the house and finish my showing. Um, uh, of course you probably would imagine that my client did not buy that property. They did buy a property. It wasn't that property though. Um, but the house was really nice. And, um, I just never forget about that story, especially since my kids done showed me that funny ass TikTok you just heard. But anyway, so I also want to talk about a couple of things, the five do's and don'ts or the five reasons you're ready or you can consider yourself ready and the five reasons you are probably not ready to buy a house yet and it's fine that just means you identify you 
uh, execute and you adjust. That's it. If you're not ready, if you're ready, shit, call me, you know, call me, email me or, 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 or talk to somebody because it's a great time to buy. But yeah, so your five reasons you're ready and the five reasons you aren't ready. Okay. We're going to start with the positive. How about that? So five reasons. Number one, you know, you're ready to buy a house if you have saved roughly five to 10 grand. Okay. And that's on the low end. Five thousand to ten thousand dollars. It may depending on where you buy the house, you know the type of loan product you're using. If you're using the loan, um, then 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 you might be able to get away with that. But you need to have at least that. Let's say you buy a property and you don't have to have a down payment because of whatever type of program you're in. You should still have five grand in the bank because you have incidentals. You have to pay for inspections if they're not being paid for for you. You have to, you know, get your electric and stuff cut on. You have to get homeowners insurance. There's certain stuff that you still have to do. So if you don't have at least $5,000, baby, you're not ready. You need to keep saving. And that's fine. Because we're going to identify, we're going to execute, and then we'll adjust. That's how that works. Number two, if you haven't had a job or your job for two years or more, you may not be ready right now because the loan officers are looking for consistent employment. And generally, it's going to be two years. They need to see that you've been on your job for two years. You can't change job every three months because you done got fired. You know, you got to have a job for two years. And a lot of us do. So, you know, that's how you know that you're ready, that you've been on your job for at least two years. You make it swing it with a year and a half. And to be honest, I've seen some people who will change jobs right before they bought a house. But the only problem is... Is that they, you know, well, the thing that helped them was that it was in the same industry. So if you have a job as a admin assistant and then you, you know, changed jobs and you kept, you were in that same field or even that same company, but changed positions, you may can work with it, but you have to have an explanation. So I know I, know I would kind of deep into that one, but that's true. You need to be on your job for two years or at least in that same job, in that same that same field, but preferably the exact same job for two years or longer. Okay. Number three, you file taxes every year, which would be annually. If you file taxes every year, you may be ready to buy a house because that is important. (laughs) Number four, if your credit score is above 620, it may even be 640 now, but I know sometimes it just depends. 620 should probably be the lowest. The lower the credit score, the higher the interest rate. So if you got a 620 or higher, you just might be able to buy a house right now. Okay. And number five, you have established a bank account. You know, the bank account and the savings kind of go together. You can't have that money on your mattress. Okay. Or, 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 in, or, or in the microwave uh safe safe pocket in the back of the microwave or something. The money has to be in the bank. You also have to be able to show where that money's coming from. Okay? And if you know what I'm saying, that you got you got to you got to know where that money where that money came from. Okay. So now we're going to go to if you are on this list of five things, you are probably not ready to buy a house. Okay? Number 1, and this is a big thing for me, and I'm not a hater. You know what I'm saying? I, I I used to do what I do, 
back when I did what I did, but I don't do it no more. But I know for a fact, back when I did, went back when I bought my first house, I was still dipping and dabbing, and um, that's where I learned that. Number one, you cannot be buying weed every week instead of paying down your debt. If you having a hard time choosing between buying the weed and paying down your debt, uh, you're probably not ready to buy a house yet because that's important. You know, you got to pay the debt down. You, you can't have no high debt going into a house. They ain't going to let you buy no house. And if you're smoking weed, you know, you're moving slow and shit. So you, 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 everything processing a little slower. You, you forgot that you had to pay that bill because you was smoking weed. So cut back on the weed, pay down your debt. Number one. Number two, back to these taxes. If you've never filed income taxes ever, um, that's going to be a problem. Okay, that's going to be a problem. Probably won't be able to buy a house because you will have to turn in your tax returns. That's important. I mean, you know, if you haven't filed, you probably owe, number one. But number two, if you haven't filed your taxes, then um, then there's no way for the, the loan people to see that your pay stubs and stuff match with your income. Like all that stuff, it's like Lego. All that stuff is connected. So if you've never filed taxes, um, you need to get with a tax professional this year and get started so that you can get your back taxes done or whatever, get you caught up so that you can buy a house. Because without that, you're not buying no damn house, okay? Number three, if you just booked another vacation and you went on two vacations last year and you have $12.57 in your savings, you're probably not ready to buy a house. You got to cut back on them vacations. After you buy your house, then go on some vacations. Shit, once you get in your house, you're not going to be that pressed to go on no vacations. You're going to be so ecstatic about your house or your condo, or your townhouse, or whatever, that that's not going to be at the forefront of your planning is to, to book another vacation. And mind you, I love the vacation. But if I'm trying to buy a property, I know I have to put that stuff on hold. So if you just booked one this last week or two because you saw these deals because Southwest had lost everybody's luggage and stuff and they had a deal, and you booked the flight first, which made you say you had to book a vacation... Unless you got that five, ten, fifteen thousand sitting in the bank for your savings, uh, you're probably not ready to buy a house. Now, here's the kicker: I do have people come up to me all the time talking about I want to buy a house and I'm ready and my credit score is good. And I ask them, "Great, how long you been on your job?" And they talk about they still looking for a job. I'm like, "Now wait a minute. Now wait a damn minute. Somewhere we skipped a step." If you're looking for a job, uh, you're probably not ready to buy. I mean, if you lost your job yesterday and you already have an interview where you're going to start working next week, then you might be able to pull it off. You might can make some explanations to the loan offices and stuff. But if you like been looking, looking and you still looking, uh, you're probably not going to be able to buy a house right now. And that's OK, because we identify, we execute and then we adjust. Right? That's all we doing. Identify, execute, and adjust. Okay? And number five, the ultimate reason you will not be able to buy a house is your mindset. If you ain't got your mindset right, you're not going to be able to do a lot of things. And buying a house will only be one of the, the, the many things you will not be able to do. Your mindset is how everything happens. 
from buying a house to getting yourself in school to finishing school to 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 getting a new job, making the money you want to make, to starting your own business, to getting a plan together to start your own business. If you don't have a mindset of a winner and that by any means necessary, you're going to make it happen, you're going to be consistent, you're going you're going to make a routine and you're going to execute it. If you don't have your mindset right, you ain't doing nothing. And buying a house is one of them things you just ain't going to do. And that's that. Those are my five readies and ready nots for buying. Um, ready not. You're not ready. I'm sorry to buy a house. Okay. So a couple more things really quickly. I want to talk about buyers and sellers. I get questions on both sides regarding different scenarios for buyers and for sellers. So if you're deciding that you want to buy a house in 2023, the number one thing to do is to make a plan. Okay, the plan needs to consist of what area you want to buy a house in, how much money you think that you can afford. If you know you're paying rent and you're paying $1,700 a month and you are strapped, it's one of two things. Either you're, you're mismanaging your money or that's as far as your money will go. So if you know that, then when you talk to your loan officer or your agent that puts you with a good loan officer to talk to, then they, that should be one of their first questions. How much can you afford monthly? If you know $1,700, you strapped and you are managing your money properly, that means you want a lower mortgage than $1,700. So you tell them, listen, I, I don't, I don't want to pay more than around $1,500 a month. And then they'll tell you how much house you can buy with that and what areas those houses are in. And then you go from there. So that's number one. Make your plan. Make sure that you know where you want to live, how long you think it's going to take you to save that money if you haven't already saved it, and how long will it take you to execute, execute that plan. Okay? That's number one. And And by the way... You know, it's 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 baby steps. You it's you you crawl, and then you stumble, and then you walk, and then you stumble, and then you run. That's just how it works. So it's okay to start from the bottom and work your way up to the top. I did it. The majority of people who are listening have done that before. That's just how it works. Rarely, unless you're you know in one of those other ecosystems of culture and lifestyles where everything was already set up for you and you had trusts and you had, you know, and, and not hating on them, but I don't know that many people who have, have properties will to them and trust for them set up before they're born. So they can just automatically have these things. We have to have plans to work towards these things. And that's why I'm trying to drop this information on you guys to put you all in position. Number two, pull your own credit report. If you're trying to buy a house and you don't know what your credit score is, you can pull your own credit report twice a year, I believe, from Experion and TransUnion, and it won't cost you a dime. Yes, you have to go online or call and request it, but okay, it's free. You can get your credit report. Some folks like to say Credit Karma. I've, I use that depending on what I'm trying to do if I want to look at them real quick. However, it's not necessarily accurate. That's almost like looking at Zillow for houses. Yeah, it may be a close to accurate, but it ain't it ain't right. So, um, but it can give you an idea. 
of what your credit score is. And of course, once you get with your agent and a loan officer or a loan officer before the agent, either way, they will be able to tell you what's real. And if you ain't never knew what you need to do to buy a house or to get your credit straight, credit straight, credit straight, buy a house. You'll find out everything on your credit and you'll find out how to fix it and what it takes to fix it. Guarantee that. Okay. Fix one thing at a time on your credit report. You don't have to. It, it, sometimes some folks stuff all jacked up and they may have a list of shit on their credit report. That's okay. You pay one off at a time. The way I did when I fixed my credit to buy a house, I started off with the smallest bills first. A $25 damn parking ticket or an emergency room bill, $300 bill here. I paid the smaller ones first. And then when I got me a nice chunk of money or something, I would then pay off a bill. I will say that when I was calling, trying to negotiate with some of the bills, um, I was able to take a lower price. I forgot what they call it to be able to um, get rid of the bill, but it did hurt me in the long run. When you make, when you negotiate down a settlement, that's what it is. I took a settlement. Excuse me, I'm getting a little dry. I took me a settlement and then that shows up on your credit report as a settlement. They don't tell you that. You that you be thinking, okay, I got I got a deal. You know, I was but but and you did. You paid it off, but it doesn't they 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 want to make sure that folks know that it was a settlement. So when you're going to buy a property, that stuff shows up. So pay off the small things first and work your way up. Baby steps, okay? Um, if you see stuff on your credit report that don't look right, dispute it. They have 30 days to get back to you. If they don't get back to you in writing in 30 days, then you can have them take that off your credit report. But it's all about your mindset, being consistent, and having a routine. If you're able to follow those small things, you are on your way to buying your first house. I promise you. Okay, on the seller side, if you are thinking about selling your house, it's still the first step. Make a plan. You got to have a plan when you plan on selling your house. I mean, unless things come out of nowhere and you're like, oh, shit, I had no idea that this and this is going on. And I got, I got to sell my house like yesterday. Um, you still need to make a plan, a quick plan, maybe, but you need to make a plan. When I say make a plan as a seller, are you looking at how much you owe on that property versus how much you plan on making? Do you even know how much you owe? Because some folks selling a house don't even know how much they owe. They only know that they pay that they pay it every month. Some folks be surprised that how much they don't owe because they just been so used to paying their mortgage every month that they didn't even have they didn't even know that they they didn't even owe they didn't even know. I mean, it's, you 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 think that you would you it's a lot of shit you think that don't be going on, but make a plan. Find out how much you owe. Versus how much you don't owe. I feel like I kind of said the same thing. It kind of mean the same thing. Because then, then you can say, okay, this is how much money I'm going to make when I sell my house, right? That's part of the plan. Then you have to ask yourself, does my house need updates? Well, if I'm going to make $97,000 off my house when I sell it, do I have $5,000 on the front end? To fix up the bathroom or change the countertops or take that carpet out. I mean, some of y'all, yeah, you can shampoo the carpet 
And sometimes that works. But some folks' carpets be smelling like straight swamp water. Okay? Take that carpet out. You'd be surprised. Sometimes you pull that carpet up and you got hardwood floors underneath. Didn't even know they was there. Been living there 20 years and didn't even know that you had hardwood floors under that swamp water carpet. You got to look at that. Updates make differences. Okay? If you have a house and you know... Uh, I don't really have a lot of money to update my bathroom or my kitchen, but I got a thousand dollars to paint. You need to do it. Paint makes a difference. Paint, upgrading your bathrooms. I don't care if you just upgrade a sink. Anything you can fit in your budget to upgrade that's not, you know, over the top to really make a dent in what your profit will be, it's going to make you more money when you go to sell your house. Especially since, you know, this, since this COVID, this, this pandemic life, um, so many folks fixed up their houses while they were at home that, you know, you don't really, you, you know, you see some houses that are in bad shape, but you see a lot of houses that are in really decent shape. So it just shows you that people are thinking, uh, you know, thinking forward as far as, you know, they want to sell their house. They want to get top dollar. Okay. I'm going to change out these, uh, these sinks or these the hardware on the on the sinks or the hardware on the on the um cabinet doors or 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 you know the flooring or changing new carpet, cleaning the carpet, painting. Um, you know, instead of having five different colors in your house, uh paint it one, just have one color, white preferably or gray, a light gray. You sell in your house, you can't have one room orange and one room purple and one room green. I mean, you can have it. You can do what you want to do. It's your house. But when you're trying to figure out why your house still on the market, because everybody buying a house don't have money to go put into it right then. They got to live there for three, four, six months before they can start putting money into back into the house. So they don't want to come like, oh my God, I got to paint as soon as I walk through the door. Nah. Paint will be your least expensive thing you can do to brighten and freshen up. And here's a little hack. If you're a smoker and you are selling your house, paint will get that nasty smoke out of there. I promise you. I sold somebody's house. The person who was renting their house was a heavy smoker. And we was like, Lord, how are we going to get this smell out? Well, guess what? Once the paint came on, the fresh paint throughout the house, you could barely tell. It was a little, still a little, little bit, but you could barely tell. It didn't affect the sale of the house. So she had multiple offers. So yeah, so that's that. Make sure that you are um, doing as much as you can to upgrade your property. It makes such a difference and when it's time to sell, okay? So that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about. Just some, just some quick tips on um, buying and selling and seeing, you know, seeing what's out there for your mind to take in. Now, the name of the game is to identify, execute, and adjust. Okay? Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate all the love and support I've been getting. Can't wait to talk to you next time, guys, and keep the faith.